Welcome to The Intelligent Asset, a podcast on digitizing enterprise asset management, developing intelligent interactions, and building systems of intelligence for asset operations. For industry professionals who work in EAM and facilities management across transportation, the public sector, utilities, manufacturing, and large enterprises. We want to tie the global challenges we all share to the world of enterprise asset management and how we can all make change for the better, building a more sustainable collective future. Today on The Intelligent Asset, a beginner's guide to continuous improvement. I'm Sam Williams, one of the hosts of The Intelligent Asset. Today I'm joined by Grant Ford, author, management consultant, and expert in the field of know-how management. Welcome, Grant. Perhaps you want to share something about yourself and your day job for listeners. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm the founder and consultancy leader at Business Excellence Architects and the creator of the Continuous Improvement Methodology and Know-How Management Maturity Framework we're using in the CERTIS ecosystem. Uh, For the past 30 years, I've led large-scale improvement initiatives as an internal and an external change agent on several continents. And in that time, I've trained Baldrige Business Excellence Assessors, implemented ISO 9000, lectured on MBA courses and coached CEOs and served on boards with a common theme, which is business transformation, reinvention and continuous improvement. Excellent. Um, So today we want to pull back the veil on continuous improvement, also known as continuing improvement. I'm sure you could get into the the weeds around the difference between the two. Many of us have, who have done executive level training uh, have heard of Kaizen, um, synonymous with manufacturing process lines and Toyota, where I believe uh, continuous improvement was pioneered. Grant, introduce those that aren't aware of it to Kaizen and where it fits in relation to continuous improvement. Well, um, I think we've had a conversation before, Sam, where, uh, with where Kaizen basically does mean change for the better or continuous improvement. Um, so Kaizen is uh, basically, as you said, uh, born out of, uh, uh, out of the East, if you like. Um, it's an umbrella for quite a lot of things uh, from customer orientation, total quality control, to, through to robotics and zero defects and, and a lot of things. Um, Masaki Amai, who's basically the Japanese organizational theor- theorist and management consultant, who studied the Toyota production system and its lean principles, uh, was really the first to introduce the idea of Kaizen, you know, to both Europe and North America. Um, Masaki went on to found a Kaizen Institute in 1985 and promote Kaizen worldwide. And I I was fortunate to meet and spend some time with him in in the 90s. Um, So really, Kaizen is really the common ancestor of all CI, uh, continuous improvement. uh, all CI methodologies are really derived from fundamental principles, <clears throat> and there are, you know, each bra- each brand or branch, if you like, uh, <laughs> or branding of, of continuous improvement has its own fundamental uh, principles. And there are five fundamental Kaizen principles uh, that are in every Kaizen tool and every Kaizen behavior. Uh, the five principles are basically know your customer, let it flow, uh, go to Gimba, which is uh, basically um, uh, means literally going to the workplace uh, and empower people and be transparent. And uh, 
Um, one of the first things uh, Masaki Amai ever said to me, what's the difference between Kaizen and the, when I asked him what's the difference between Kaizen in the East or Kaizen in the West, and he said basically um, in the West they take data to the boardroom, and in the East they take the board to the factory and convene around the problem, which is the concept of going to Gemba. Um, there's a number of other things in there. There are five S's, uh, they have five S's, which are principles of work environment, and they're derived from three, I'm sorry, five Japanese words that begin with S, and they sort of translate into English as uh, um, sort, set, shine, standardize, and sustain. Um, they've got three pillars, which are kind of common to all uh, CI programs, which is uh, housekeeping, um, standardization, a process of developing a standard, which to which a product, you know, to which on which production is performed to, and um, the biggest, probably central pillar of Kaizen is eliminating waste. And there are a number of uh, well, three different types of waste, or or seven if you ask other people, and and those seven wastes really have what spilled into um, what Lean uh, has become later on. So. Um, Short answer, that was a long one, but the short answer is uh, it's the common ancestor of all uh, continuous improvement, Kaizen. So I guess having had first-hand experience of applying Kaizen in another role, uh, it was applied to improve the onboarding process for a SaaS company. Um, like many tech companies, they had seen their onboarding process through the prism of systems rather than around people and process. Break down for the listeners, you know, that concept in uh, continuous improvement around people, process, and, and systems or technology. Well, uh, in, in, any, in any implementation of, of continuous improvement, and, and I'll, I'll talk later about what that might mean, um, but there are these three facets, uh, people, process, and technology. Um, I often uh, refer to them as a, as a three three-legged stool, um, better 3D printed than created one leg at a time because of the imbalances that that can cause. But um, I think the most central thing is continu continuous improvement is the view that whatever exists today can be better tomorrow. You know, so aside from all of those things, going back to fundamentals, um, so whatever we view as best practice right now, um, someone like Masaki Amai would view as or refer to as our current worst practice because it's uh, a best practice that's about to be improved. Um, they're sort of all characterized by a, um, some sort of cycle uh, involving people, process, and technology. Um, and uh, I suppose uh, Deming is, is usually referred to as being one of the fathers of, of continuous improvement, as we understand it in the West. And uh, he has a rather famous circle uh, cycle called the PDCA cycle, Plan to Check Act. And, um, you know, those are steps that can be repeated until your team reaches a desired result. Uh, so quality circles came from that. TQM came from that. Um, it's centered on the concept that the lasting improvement can only come from working with people engaged with the processes they're improving. And, and the age we live in, every process is now um, intertwined with technologies. Um, so it's really the core of what's going on there. Um, continuous improvement really is uh, about being customer focused, um, having a full team involved, um, data-driven decision-making and process-focused. And I, I guess in your experience around uh, technology companies, so software companies, are there 
behaviors that you see there and in relation to them thinking that technology is the answer to all ills in in terms of approaching some of their uh, business improvement goals? It's easy to get hung up on any one of the legs, uh, you know, of people, process, and, and technology. Uh, but certainly in uh, technology companies um, where te- technology is both the delivery, the means of delivery, um, uh, the preoccupation of the people in there, it is pretty easy to uh, think that the technology is the answer to everything, uh, whereas it's how you use the technology and the goal that you're trying to achieve, which is the answer right. to everything. Yeah. And I guess, um, like Kaizen, um, continuous improvement is often used interchangeably with lean manufacturing. Um, what are some of the differences that first-timers should understand? Um, and, and that is complex um, to, see the, to see the differences uh, because superficially they're very similar. Um, Kaizen is a form of continuous improvement as, as lean is. It's the missing, as I said before, it's the missing link or common ancestor of all of these methodologies. But because of its uh, emphasis on understanding workflows and eliminating waste from its origins in manufacturing, it's, it's a form of continuous improvement most often found in manufacturing where we also find lean. Uh, so, you know, lean is basically uh, derived, if you like, from um, you know, from Kaizen, and, and it has a has a, s- a simple cycle of a, identifying a value, uh, identifying value, mapping a value stream, creating a flow, um, establishing pull, which which is uh, um, a, a more difficult concept uh, about um, in manufacturing, and and it's uh, and seeking perfection, which is basically coming from where Kaizen is coming from. That, that's basically saying. Is it better today than it was yesterday, and, and what does excellence actually look like? Um, because of its core, their common core themes, you do see, um, you know, which is you know eliminating waste. You do see things in lean like um, focusing on the types of waste, uh, the waste of overproduction, the waste of excessive inventory, um, things in motion. Uh, you know, moving from one thing for another, the waste in that. Obviously, the waste of defects and of overprocessing and waiting and transport, uh, and yeah. So, so there are, if you like, it's a codifying of a type of kaizen for a specific uh, um, manufacturing environment. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and I guess in a similar sort of way, Six Sigma gets bandied about. <laughs> um, talk to to listeners a little bit about. Uh, that in terms of what they need to know about the differences okay so um well so six sigma is a is is a process improvement methodology that aims to minimize the amount of variations within an end product Uh, so it's um it really came out of motorola out of motorola um uh, it, it uses statistical data as benchmarks to help business leaders understand how well their processes work. Um, a process is considered optimized if it produces less than 3.4 defects per 1 million cycles, that sort of data-driven um, uh, measurement. Um, it's, it's got two, two kind of, two main processes used in Six Sigma. Um, both with large unpronounceable acronyms, but um, DMAIC, uh, which is basically 
a process for optimizing existing processes, which is define, measure, analyze, improves control, and then DMADV for, for new processes. Uh, and uh, again, the steps in those are, are really designed around uh, trying to achieve different, different uh, things. Uh, I, um, I had a list of the DMADV acronyms here, but it, it's, it's academic. Um, it's really just an orientation uh, in terms of the sort of way you think about attacking things. Um, you know, DMAIC type processes are uh, used tools like Ishikawa diagrams, which we kind of know in the West as fishbone diagrams, and, and, and uh, accelerated learning techniques around how to define and represent and measure and, and see things uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way. And, but it is statistically based. Hence the six sigma being, you know, uh, six stages, of, six points of variation on a Bell distribution right. curve away from perfection, okay. you know, that sort of thing. Um, coming back to uh, continuous improvement as a, as a practice or uh, a mode of operation, talk us through um, some of the dimensions of what continuous improvement is. I guess it's... It's not like a project that has a beginning and an end. It's it's a, a way of doing things. Yeah, it's um, it's almost a, an applied philosophy. Uh, is a way of thinking about it. I think um, it it's a way of thinking uh, about uh, um, looking at a problem or looking at a situation. I like to think of it as a um, as a cyclic process, a series of expansions and contractions, uh, where you're first trying to seek. Um, everything that might be uh, up for improvement or everything that might be a problem and then you're trying to um, contract to, to find out, well, what's the most important thing to focus on? And then once you've focused on the most important thing, what is everything about uh, that particular situation that may be causing it or bringing it about? And, and that, can we then contract and find out what's the root cause, you know, 80-20 rule? What, what's the 20% of things that are causing the 80% of problems? Um, and then... Again, not going for a pet solution, uh, but looking at uh, what else uh, what else might be a solution here and having a range of solutions and then using some criteria to work out what's the best given solution. So a series of, a series of expansions and contractions through the stages of, of identifying, um, you know, um, root cause analyzing and then solving a, a problem is, is kind of the... It's kind of the best dimension I can think of to talk to you about. Right? So, so it's not the solution to a problem. It is a way of finding the solution to a problem. Uh, yeah, well, again, it's, it's a way of looking. It's a, way, it's a method. Um, that, I mean, there are projects and programs of work in CI that are specifically around geeks, uh, getting an outcome, uh, getting to that outcome, piloting that outcome, proving it and standardizing it. Uh, but it's a way of looking at problems and a mindset. It's kind of applicable everywhere because it's a, it's a lens formed of a, a discipline, uh, not unlike what happens when someone has been taught like a scientific method or, or an engineering uh, uh, degree or a, or a legal mind. Um, I, I thought I thought you might go this way, so I um, <laughs> I uh, thought about a situation. We just took a situation like this, and I'll see if I can illustrate what I mean by. Uh, it's a way of thinking. So if we took a situation where someone, uh, you've just turned around the corner and you've seen a, someone who's just fallen off a ladder and is motionless on the ground, basically, then uh, the basic human instinct, one would hope, is to, to go to the person's aid and help in some way, right? 
Um, but what we see and how we might approach the situation is colored by the lens of our training and inner experience. So someone trained in, say, a scientific method might ask uh, questions if the victim is conscious, might form a hypothesis, um, could have damaged his back, uh, and it might test that hypothesis, say, if I push here, does that hurt? <laughs> you know, right. it, it, that's kind of a scientific test your hypothesis method. Now, someone trained in engineering might observe the position of the victim, determine if the body should naturally sit that way or not, and deduce the likelihood of an injury or a risk or, or, um, or further injury from moving the victim. Um, but that's if they could first resist wanting to just look at the ladder and determine what caused it to fall, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that kind of mechanical thing. Someone legally trained might have one eye on helping and one eye on the legal ramifications of a misstep in helping. <laughs> but if I get this wrong, <laughs> you know, Looking and for a remedy. Yeah, Looking yeah. For a remedy. Yeah. So, you know, these are all lenses. So, um, but a CI lens uh, would, would uh, a mindset would be, it would very quickly try to attempt to gather as much situational data as possible from observation and inquiry, um, including assessing the risk uh, to the victim or others from further risk, you know, something else falling uh, off, uh, you know, from wherever they've fallen from, that, those sorts of things. Um, they'd seek to prioritize the most pressing problem, uh, you know, a risk to the victim through sort of triaging the available conditional data, and then they'd just determine a best course of action considering multiple possible solutions. And, they'd, and they've been trained to do that. They, they do that quickly. So in many cases, what you see in an in a urgent responder who's basically seen that situation before, knows what best practice is, knows what to look out for, is basically like a, um, an expert version of a CI um, person's consciousness around um, that particular situation with, with which they're familiar with. You know? Right. Okay. That's yeah. as illustrative as I can be. Yeah. So that was uh, quite an interesting example of kind of a, a random scenario. If you um, were to pick another example of how it can be applied, perhaps in a business context, can you, you talk about what scenarios it will work and perhaps where it might not work? Okay, so um, whether, we, whether we realize it or not, um, many of the processes that we see uh, that are in industries or in particular practices um, are inherently CI designed. So if you look at, uh, for instance, the example of a, um, a help desk, you know, when, when someone is ringing, uh, ringing up about a problem they may have experienced on a computer, uh, most help desks will seek to um, establish as much information as they can about what's the situation, what's going on, what the person is experiencing, and um, they will perform some sort of triage uh, on that, uh, and then they will appeal to a knowledge base uh, that they've they've got that will potentially help solve that that question. Uh, and if there isn't one, then they'll go and appeal to a set of default uh, fixes. You know, like that you've heard before. Perhaps if you re reboot the if you reboot the machine, it'll be all right. <laughs> you know, the the, yep. the default sort of sort of triaging. But behind the scenes, um, they're logging these things, saying uh, there's information about something that's happened, something we haven't seen before in our knowledge base, um, it will then go through to a problem solving and diagnostic uh, so that if it comes up again, it will actually refresh uh, the database. So it's it's like a, a continuous kind of learning that's enshrined in the idea of, uh, and again, again, every process has its its um, 
principles and in the principle of help desk, we really should be looking to to first first understand, uh, then then respond and restore, uh, and then problem solve and then long term uh, restore. You know, whatever is going on with the problem, right? But in that is a continuous improvement cycle inherently uh, that we that we visit every day. Okay, excellent. I guess that uh, from the point of view of just giving people an introduction to continuous improvement is where we'll we'll pause and join us for the next episode where we'll delve into how you introduce the concept of continuous improvement into your organisation and essentially develop consensus on its applicability to your particular business. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Sam. For more on getting the most out of the world's leading asset management system, IBM Maximo, check out certissolutions.com.